0: Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App. And make a donation to dollar sign E. James, the number 418. Make a one time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air.
1: Thanks in advance. Be blessed.
0: Welcome to Build to Heal with E. James. On this podcast, My guests and I discuss topics and ways to heal and overcome in every area of our lives so that we may heal ourselves, our families, and our communities. My mission is to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thank you for joining in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. on Instagram, and I believe that everyone can live a life that is whole, healthy, and healed. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Again, thanks for uh, joining in. This is the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. podcast and we are on episode number 18 season one episode 18 and today is like uh just like any other day we are guests we're here with our guests uh mr jamal sylvester mr me too how you doing sir
1: man i'm great i'm great man thanks for having
0: me yeah yeah first of all let me say thank you for being a guest you know i know you could be doing anything but you decided to be here with us and i definitely appreciate it and uh, so I'll let you just uh, tell, the, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do.
1: Oh, man, uh, I'm a, a transplant originally from Chicago, Illinois, uh, transplanted to South Bend, Indiana. I uh, was there for the majority of my life. Uh, just transitioned to Indianapolis in 2016 for a career move. Uh, but, man, I'm an ex-knucklehead, ex-professional player, uh, ex... Uh I don't know, man. I, I got a lot of X, and when I say X, it's ex. Uh, <laughs> right, right. uh but, but for the most part, man, I'm I'm somebody who, who has a past like we all, but I found a way to use my past to help others. Uh and you know my, my goal and my mission every day I wake up uh is to help uh shine a light on somebody else. Uh I'm a former basket professional basketball player. And so uh, I always prided myself on helping other people get a shot. And I try to do that in life as well. Uh, it's a lot of people out there who want better, uh, who need better, who desire to have better, but they don't always know how to navigate life and resources and opportunities. And so I feel like God has equipped me and allowed me to go through the things that I've, I've gone through in my life uh, so that I could be a, a bridge builder. I could be a gap filler and I could be an answer uh, for those who don't quite know how to get their own shot and I can help them get a shot because everybody want to get in the game. And I've been on the sideline. I know what it looked like to watch everybody else taking shots. And right. and, and so what does that feel like for me to be able to take a shot? And how do I, how do I first infuse myself in the game, but then be, be a part of the game and then be relevant in the game. Well, you got to take the shot, man. And there's so many people in life who have opportunities and have shots, but they're afraid to take the shot because they scared to miss. And the only shot, you know what I mean? 100%, man. The only shots that I miss are the ones that I don't take.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I know that's uh, uh, that's one uh, thing that I hear in, in business a lot, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, making offers. Like, the only offer mm-hmm. that uh, somebody can't take is the one you don't make. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So if you have a, uh, you know, you're talking about business, but, you know, you have a product or whatever, if you don't pitch it, they can't catch it. You know right. what I'm saying? So before we, before we jump in um, – I'm a girl dad, you know, I have a daughter. My daughter just turned 18 this year and I know that you're a girl dad. So whenever I have a girl dad on, I have to ask (laughs) him two questions, right? So uh, the first question is, um, how has being a girl dad changed you for the better? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: then the second question is how, give me an example of something that your daughter has taught you.
1: So how it changed for the better uh I have two my two oldest are girls so I have a 32 year old uh Linisha uh we call her Lala Santana uh and then my my middle uh is Denia Pokaloka uh and so with both of them uh with having this first I was young uh as I said she's 32 so having a, a a daughter and being young uh you still trying to figure you out Right. Uh, but the one thing that, that it helped me to help me slow down. Uh, you know, it's easy to keep moving and rustling and tussling when you got a boy, because you can snatch your boy and you can drag him with you. Right, right. But when you're trying to figure you out, and you know, for me, I, I was I wasn't all the way in the streets, but I was in the streets. Uh it don't look good when you got your daughters running around in the streets with you. Right. Uh, and so uh uh just wanting to change and, and wanting her to see something different. Uh, I knew what I was raised around and I knew what my my sisters saw and what they were raised around. Uh, While I wasn't able to to keep her away from it 100%, uh, having her made me change how I looked at life and how I view life because it's like, now I got a daughter. And what do I want my daughter to think of me? Or how do I want my daughter to look at me or daughters to look at me? Uh, And uh, for both of them, they both taught me uh, Perseverance and, and, and consistency, because it hasn't been, it hasn't been great. While uh, me and their moms have tried to provide uh, the best for them, you know we've struggled and we've had struggles. And so uh, to watch them still uh, love us unconditionally, uh, still show up and represent not just themselves but represent the family name, represent me, represent their mothers. Uh, it's been uh, phenomenal to watch them and to see them as women now and to see them, they're very dependent or no, they're very independent. Let me take that back. About saying they're very (laughs) independent. They don't ask for much. And when they do ask, uh, it kills them because they want to, they want to prove it, not just to themselves, but they want to prove it to me. Like, dad, you showed us well, Uh, we know what to do. We know you showed us how to work. You, You showed us how to go and get it. And so they some go getters. And so, uh, I'm very proud of, of both of them, uh, Alicia and Danija, uh, because they, they've they showed me in times where I wanted to to quit or wanted to give up or, you know, thought about, you know what I mean, is this worth it? Uh, I watched them uh, in their young lives uh, go through it. And they've been through some things of their own, not just what we put them through. They've been through their own journey uh, and watch how they show up uh, and they show up big and everything that they do and everywhere that they go and, uh, and so it's, 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 I joined the shotgun club first when I got Right, right, right. <laughs> I definitely joined the shotgun club, but it, it's been cool to sit back. Uh, and I know that Kobe and, you know, those guys make this whole, that girl dad thing. Uh, but it, it's been cool to watch my two girls, uh, grow up and evolve, uh, into who they are. They both have their own unique identities and personalities. Uh, but uh, that's how God made them, and I love how they walk in who God called them to be—not who I wanted them to be, not who their mothers wanted them to be—but they're walking in their own greatness and in their own destiny, man. And it's beautiful to watch it unfold. Right, right. It's it's two things that you uh, that you
0: mentioned that I want to touch on real quick. Mm-hmm. So uh, my first uh, guest that I had on the um, on the podcast was a friend of mine named Yana, and Yana mm-hmm. uh, is a a young lady who was um, a fatherless daughter growing Mm. up, you know, and now she's a coach that helps fathers who were disconnected from their daughters to Mm. reconnect with their daughters. So she's doing the opposite of what she was, you know, she was the daughter, but now she's helping fathers connect with their, with their daughters. And one of the things that uh, she said, uh, she wrote a book, she wrote an ebook and one of the things that she said was, you know, that she wanted fathers to think about is what kind of father are you going to be, you Mm -hmm. know? So what kind of father are you going to be uh, not only to your daughter, but in front of your daughter, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's one thing to show them how, you know, you want to treat them, but it's another thing to show them how to treat other people by your actions. You know, how you treat the people that you don't need, how you treat the garbage man or the waiter or, or anybody like that. So it's not just so much of, you know, what what you're showing to them about, you know, your relationship with them, but how you are you representing fatherhood and manhood just to everybody else that's a, around you? You know, and I know that you you pointed that out, that, you know, being that example to them. And on the flip side of that is the second thing that you mentioned is once they receive that, then how they show up. You know what I mean? So because of your example, now they are showing up respectively and, you know, you came showing, you know, respecting the name, you know, the family name, and now they're carrying that legacy because of the example that you put uh, in front of them. And I, I like, man, I love when I have the, the girl dads on, you mm-hmm. know, and just to be able to talk and have these conversations that, you know, sometimes you don't even, you know, they don't hear, wow. you know, I, uh, one of my other guests I had on here, uh, Um, Her name just skipped my mind real quick, but Mm -hmm. I was on her podcast earlier this year and Mm -hmm. we did a whole thing basically talking about me and my daughter, you know, and so I was able to send that podcast to my daughter because it was conversations that, you know, maybe I thought about, but it was stuff that me and my daughter probably never would have would have talked about. Yeah. But I was able to send that podcast to her, you know, so she could just hear my heart. You know what I mean? And I, that's why I said I love to have these conversations with girl dads and, you know, for them to hear that it's some good fathers out here, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's some good fathers that even though, you know, whether we could be there uh, uh, full time as a full time dad, you know, uh, physically, because we're, we're always a full time dad, but we always can't be there physically. But we still have that same love, you know, for for our children—not just our daughters, but you know, daughters got a a special spot for me because so (laughs) that is what it is. And it's crazy
1: that you that you say that just real quick uh, with 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 my my daughter. So I was with the oldest more than I was with the second one, Uh, and in my eyes, I always felt that there was a strain on the relationship, like Mm -hmm. like. I don't feel like or I felt like our relationship isn't a, as close as it should be or someone else may think it should be right. uh but my 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 daughter man and she's she's amazing uh she released me uh I was I broke down and I'm like man you know I, I apologize for you know any injury that I may have caused any just know that there didn't a day there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't think about you that I didn't want you to be with me uh, circumstances just kind of make, and, and she said, she said, dad, she put her hand on my shoulder and said, it's all right. She said, I'm all right. Look at me. I'm all right. She said, you was always there when I need you, when I called, you know what I mean? And sometimes we can be our own worst enemies. And, and, and like, as I stated before, man, I, I'm, I've am i never said that I was perfect. I've never claimed to be the perfect dad. I know I did some things wrong, uh, but I've always tried to, to be there. Uh, Because I know that uh, time, time is another name for love. uh, Because the toys, the clothes, the shoes, all of those things, they'll outgrow them. But it's the time. And so I tried to make sure that any time that I was with her or even with them, uh, I tried to make sure that we maximize that time. And I didn't want it to be about gifts. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's it's presents, P-R-E-S-E-N, C-E, not P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, Right, presence over presence. And sometimes we get caught up when we are not there and we try to shower them with gifts to replace that. And what they want is time because when you can't be there, if you create time, memories, and moments, they'll have that time that you spent with them in those memories and those moments for those times when you're not there. And we're not always taught that. Uh, If you was raised in a home where you didn't have a father, whether you a boy or a girl, you don't know what that looks like. All you know is right. the, you know the vacancy, you know the void. Right. And so you don't know what that means, but you but you remember when you had time with your dad and you you hang on those memories. Right. And so it's crazy how sometimes the very thing that we hate and the very thing that hurt us, I don't know how it happens, but we ultimately end up becoming that thing mm-hmm. unconsciously. Like it's like you becoming the very thing that you said, you hated the thing that your dad did to you, you doing it. And so I tried not to do that. I fell victim to it a few times, but I've always tried to go out of my way to let my kids know that I love them. I try to be there. I show up for them, uh, not just, you know, monetarily, but in time uh, when they need me, flat tires, any of that stuff, man, I'm trying to be there uh, because I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be let down. And that's one of the worst feelings in the world. Uh, and i hate telling my kids i can't right i've all like i but i've learned that delay is not denial but i hate telling my kids no because it always takes me back to those times when my mom told me no and i know how i felt it crushed me and so i try not to put my kids in those positions now I, have i had to tell them no absolutely but I, I try to do it in a way where they understand and know that it has nothing to do with you Right, it right. has every everything to do with my bank account right now. Right. It has everything to do with right. I'm at work right now. It has nothing to do with you. Uh, because especially with our girls, they get injured very quick, man. And uh it, 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 if it's if it's already bad, and then you put that on top of it, man. Right. You try right. to go and fix that, man. You're gonna need a coach to help you yeah. do that because. <laughs> Girls are a little bit different than boys. You can win a boy back, you know what I mean, depending on how you come at them. But with those girls, man, if you don't come low and you don't come right, man, it's going to be hard to rebuild that.
0: Man, you know what, man, you 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 said a mouthful, and, and I know this ain't the, the direction that we, we was going to go, but we're here. Right. Yeah. So a couple of things that, that you mentioned, and one of them, because uh, I talk about, uh, of course, with me being friends of fatherless daughters, I talk a lot about you know, the relationship with fathers and daughters and then just fathers and children too. And one of the things that I talked about uh, that you just mentioned uh, of, of how it happens where a, uh, let's just say a dad who grew up without his father will in turn be that same person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the, the way I explain it is your your mind is like a computer, right? And so a computer can only operate on the information that you enter in. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't give it no new information, it can only operate on the information that it has. Hmm. So when you're growing up um, without a father as a young man, you only know how to operate in the absence of a father. You know, so when you become a father, if you don't take the time to nurture yourself and get uh, some some mentorship, some leadership and get some new information within yourself on what it is to be a father, then you automatically fall back on what you're used to. You know what I mean? So you know you grew up without a father showing up on holidays, so you automatically don't show up on holidays, you know? And so it, it kind you kind of fall into that trap of just going off what you already know. You know, because that's what you're used to. So it it takes some uh, intentional, being very intentional and planning when you become a father to say, you know what, I'm not going to be the father that my father was to me. And it takes some work and some effort to do that outside of just saying it, because you can say it all day, you know what I mean? But when it comes to putting it into action, that's where it it really comes from. And uh, another thing that you said that I I like that you said was that, you know you was feeling some type of way and you apologize to your daughter you know what i mean and and i've and i've had to do that same thing myself because you know me and my uh my daughter's mom we were divorced and i remarried so and with me remarrying that brought in a, a whole nother family mm-hmm. you know and so i never wanted my daughter to feel she didn't have a place in my life or in my family, even though it wasn't with her, I wasn't with her mom anymore. You know, so I had to have those conversations. You know, with uh, with her, and I remember reading a book, and the author of the book, uh, it was a young lady, and she was talking about you know uh, growing up as a, a fatherless daughter, and she spoke about a moment that she had as an adult with her father and you know they have been back in contact with each other for a while and he was over one day i think it was a holiday or whatever and i guess this day just happened to be today and she turned to him and was like why wasn't you there you know and so he went to give his you know whole spiel of his explanation of why he wasn't there and she cut him off and she's like i don't want to hear none of that all i want to hear is i'm sorry you know, and she said, he, he said he was sorry. And they had a moment, a father-daughter moment where they embraced and, and cried and, you know, and they moved forward. And I think that, that, that having that mind to apologize to your daughters or not just your daughters, but your children, period, you know, despite whatever your, whatever your excuse may be, because wow. you may have a valid reason, a valid excuse why you couldn't be there, but that don't change their experience in your absence. You know what Absolutely. i'm saying we I, I, especially with our daughters we there's a lot of things that happen when the father's not around mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and 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 I've, I've heard the stories and i've talked to the daughters and some of the things that they've been through in the presence of a protective male being their father or uncle or somebody who was there to protect them from the predators that's out there waiting for them wow. you know and so a lot of things happen in your absence when you're an absent father and Sometimes you just got to say, I'm sorry for not being there. Don't nobody care really about what your excuse was. Right. But the fact of the matter is you weren't there, and by you not being there, there were some experiences that your child, your son or daughter may have had, you know what I'm saying, that, that you wouldn't have, wouldn't have wished on them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes we just have to eat that up and just be like, look, like you said, come down low and be like, hey, I'm I'm sorry. You know, I'm court. human, whatever, and, and, and I'm sorry, you know, and, and sometimes we have to do that to mend those bridges and, and not only to heal our, ourselves, but to heal our children, man, because sometimes they that void, especially like myself, I grew up with my mom and my dad. So I don't know what it feels like to not have your dad in the house, mm-hmm. you know, so even with that experience with my daughter, she's living an experience that I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, her mom, on the other hand, grew up without her her father in the house. So her and her mom, you know, can kind of identify with that. But I can't because my dad and my mom was always there, yeah. you know. So I have to be, you know, uh, diligent when talking to her and making sure that she knows that, you know, despite whatever happened and, and you know, my shortcomings or whatever, you know, I love her. And, and, you know, my apology for not being there as much as I would like to. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know being present or, or whatever it is, you know, and I think that that's, that's our, not just our families. And like I said, not just ourselves, but our children, we, we all need that. Our community need that, yeah. you know, and I think uh um, we lack some of the experiences of being a man. And that's a, a big part of manhood that we miss is to being able to say, I'm sorry. You know, we always got to suck it up and be tough and we always, You know, preaching that and pushing that, you know, on our young boys. But there's a part of that to be able to be vulnerable and said, "Hey, I made a mistake. I was wrong. I'm sorry." That I think, uh, you know, we miss sometimes, and we got to make sure that we are, you know, teaching those lessons as well as you know the other lessons, life lessons that we that we pass
1: on. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's real tough, and that was hard to do. Uh, One because the pain that come with admitting that fault, because now I got to relive that, I got to think about that. And so as I'm saying that I'm thinking about, oh, I missed that, I missed that. You know, I wasn't there for that, or did I do this right, or did I do that right? But it was so uh, comforting to one, have her put her hand on my shoulder and then tell me like with confidence, man, look at me, I'm all right. Like, yeah, I know, you know, it it probably could have been better, but we all could say that. Right, right. I'm I'm still here. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm in my right mind, you know, and so uh, she, like I said, she released me. It was a huge uh, uh, lift, and, and it changed how we began to have conversations after that, because now I always felt like every time I was with her, I was trying to make up or say right. why. And I'm like I, I was getting tired because I was saying the same thing over and over and it's like it was a broken record and so she released me so now we can really talk now we can have father daughter adult conversations what's going on with you in life you know how you looking at this what's over here how you right. that what do you think about that and so it it helped our relationship uh evolve uh to a place that that uh, is still not where it needs to be but We're getting there and we're open to getting there. Uh, And I think that it's important that you, if your kid is scared to come to you and tell you anything, uh, that's a problem. Our kids should always be able to come and talk to us about anything, regardless of what that is. Uh, And I think sometimes as parents, we come down on them so hard and we and we mean well, uh, you know. Don't get me wrong, we mean well is is well intended, but sometimes we come down so hard on them that in their head, like I know, I seen the response to this. This might be worse than that, and I right. know how you respond. So I I'm gonna keep that from you. And after a while, it's like with anything, you practice keeping stuff from your parents. To now. It's too late when you find out that she got a boyfriend and she's been not going, to you know what I'm saying? And right, just, right. You know, the boys and the girls, like just being able to have that open dialogue with them and, and making them feel comfortable enough that no matter how bad it is or whatever it is, that they can come talk to you. And you said something earlier, how do you do that when you've been, not been trained to do that? And so it's on the job training. And so we drop the ball a lot of the times and if we don't have a coach or if we don't have a mentor or somebody to kind of pull our coattail and say, Hey, you mismanaged that, you end up continuing to do that. And now you got three or four kids where that's how you've dealt with the relationship. And all of those relationships, while they love you and you love them, they're not, they're not where they should be because of the mismanagement, because you only know what you know, and you've only you only know what you've been taught. But what you've seen, Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. And so if I live in that and that's what I see every day, all day, then that's how I'm going to respond to things. And I don't always, my intent is not always to blow up all the time. Right. It happens Because that's natural because that's what I was raised in. Uh, Not saying that it's right, but, and I think that that's where, when you talk about being trauma informed, a lot of that comes from trauma and not under adverse childhood experiences. And so, if, if, if that's what I was in and, and and then I got my kids and I put my kids through that, it's not go to the doctor and get a cure for that. The cure is if you know what that did to you, then I know you can't stop that cold turkey today, but you got to work on not right. doing that. The cure is not doing it because we know the effects of it.
0: Right. Right, you know, what? and 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 so this brings me to uh, another topic that I wanted to to talk about because mm-hmm. you mentioned about us not having the um, the experience, yep. you know, to go through some of these scenes because of what we lived through. And I know that you was a part of a of a book project, uh, which was the um, Impact to Influence. I think was the name of the book. And it, yep. if I'm not mistaken, it was you and and a couple other males you know, uh, that came together to author this this project. Tell me a little bit about that because I, I'm, I'm sure that you guys, you know, dropped some knowledge, you know, and just in, a, in the title itself, the impact to influence, you know, is, is, you know, leads me to understand that, you know, you guys dropped some knowledge on, 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 in this book that, you know, for those of us who may not have had that experience growing up, but to hear the voices of men, you know, uh, in literary form, you know, that's impacting us. So tell me a little bit about that whole experience and how that came about.
1: Uh, well, it, it started with uh, with my brother, Chip Baker. Uh, I think you've had him on the show. Yeah. Uh, Chip is is an amazing, amazing man. I was introduced to him uh, through another friend. Well, I'll take that back. Me and Chip connected through social media, through Boss. Uh, it's the business of speaking and coaching through Kendall Ficklin. Uh, who's uh, ET right yep. hand man? So I went through boss and I went through Kendall's class in 2016, I believe. And so me and Chip connected and we would follow each other, like each other's stuff. But then Chip introduced me. Now, go figure, I'm in Indianapolis. Chip introduced me to somebody in Indianapolis, and me and that person kind of connected. She told me a little bit more about Chip. Which then made me want to connect more with Chip, and I was on his show, and we just kind of we just clicked, and we've been linked up for the last three years, man. And so uh, during COVID, uh, I was in the process uh, because I was having cabin fever, man. I was losing my mind, and I, I said, man, I need to write a book. I got a story to tell. I need to write it, and uh, I was telling Chip about it, and Chip would every day, and had a book coming. And you know, I, I mean, I hit the ground running, man. I was on fire. I was writing every man, bro, man. I got a couple of pages done, and then, man, I I I got some bad gas, man. And I I I had to stop and go. I write one day, and then I would write for a week. And right, right. I write for about twenty minutes, then I would write for a month. And Chip just out of the blue, like, "Hey, man, what's going on with the book? I ain't heard nothing in a while." And I'm like, "Man, you know what, bro? Just to be honest, man." Life, work, COVID stuff, man. I just kind of, you know, stopped writing. He said, Well, uh, I got an opportunity for you. So I'm going to need you to pick your pen back up. And I'm like, Huh? He said, Yeah, I'm going to do this collaborative book, man. I'm going to have, you know, some, I'm going to make it, you know, uh, open to a lot of guys and whoever, you know, say they want to be a part of it. We're going to go in and, you know, we're going to make it happen. All you have to write. And here's the the, the buy in for me I'm overwhelmed about writing a whole book. Right. I'm like, man, I gotta title it. I gotta title. I gotta get a name for each chapter, how many pages? Like all of this stuff is like and now I'm getting nervous. And then if people gonna buy the book, do they want to hear what I'm I'm going through all of this stuff, man? He said, Man, it's just one chapter, bro. Just write one chapter. I'm like, bet. Gave me a couple of weeks, man. Did it, got it to him. Uh and it's 17 of us, including Chip. And the book is about uh people or situations or life obstacles that have impacted and influenced our lives. And so there's people in the book who are writing about other authors in the book because of the impact that they had on their life. You know what I mean? Like it's, right, so, right. it's it's a bunch of educators, it's a bunch of former athletes, coaches. And so, man, it, it was it was amazing to be a part of that and uh. Our podcast, where we would be on with each other, man. We would be dropping nuggets, man. We would have pages and pages of notes, man. Just listening to each other, we had so many aha moments and wow moments, man. But it's for me, I, I say that it's seventeen keys. Uh, uh if you if you're somebody uh, who's uh been been knocking on doors and, and and it was locked and you didn't have a key. If you read this book, I guarantee you, you're going to find a key for whatever door you're trying to get through, uh, because it's 17 phenomenal men who are sharing, uh, you know, emotional, uh, uplifting, encouraging uh, stories about people, uh, situations, and things that have changed and ultimately impacted their lives, uh, that so much that they wanted to write about it. Uh, And so I'm thankful to Chip for, for making that opportunity for all of us but for me like now I can say that I got a book and so it made it a lot easier when I went back to continue to start back writing my book to finish my book because I got a chapter underneath my belt so I know that I can do it again uh so uh but it's a great book man it was great to be a part of that process uh and watching you know from start to finish how that unfolded uh and and what it takes uh to, to to put out a a good book man and uh I'm thankful to Chip, man. You know uh, that's my brother, and and we locked in, man. Until until they throw dirt on both of us, man. It's right. that's my brother.
0: Man, I, I'm glad. I, I know I talked to Chip, uh, uh, like you said, I, I did have him on, and um, I even mentioned to to him about doing a, a episode with, you know, get a couple of you guys on here, and then just, you know, uh, have that conversation on how that all came together from from mm-hmm. each of y'all. Um, different viewpoints, so I'm looking forward to putting that together, that was something me and him was working on, so, and again, also, I know what you're talking about with that, with that, writing that book, man, so I've been working on one of you know, one of mine, trying to get it done, you know, I I got that first chapter under my belt, you know what I'm saying, but it's like trying to get the rest of it out, you know, so I understand, I I understand 100% with that. They
1: they say uh, uh, an elephant is huge, like, man, how do you eat an elephant? Well, it's one bite at a time. Right. And so just, you know, don't like the first thing that he taught me was uh I got hung up on my title. And then what the cover was gonna be. I probably spent a month <laughs> scrapping, redoing, and he said, man, bump all of that. Don't worry about that until the book done. Cause when right. the book done, you gonna you, I guarantee you're you gonna have some creative juices, and you're gonna want to have the right cover on it because it's right. done to in, worry about the the and you ain't even got the book done, it doesn't even make sense. And so, right, you know, he told me, man, get get your first your concept of what you want your book to be, target audience, who you trying to reach, what's the message, what's the takeaway, and then. You start writing what are the things that happen in your life that you were gonna interject in a book, and those are the chapters.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So yeah, you know knowing, knowing that process, knowing that process makes it a lot easier. Oh know? my god, yeah. it made so it so I, much easier. Yeah, I know my, my thing, I I've I've done it you know, the whole thing and, and either uh written out the 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 chapters on what each chapter will entail and everything, like mm-hmm. you said. You know, it's just sometimes just that sitting down and being still. You yeah. know what I mean? Because in in that in the moving, the day to day life or things that you got going on, sometimes you just take that moment, like okay, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna be still, and I'm gonna let it come to me. You yeah. know what I mean? And and not stressing yourself about it. So, but you know what? I, I, one of the things I wanted to um, mention is, you know, you guys coming together and and sharing your stories and sharing about different things that may have taken place uh um in your life uh experiences or whatever and i know that that's a big thing with people right so sometimes the things that people go through in their past they allow their past to imprison their future mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so their um, their their past imprisons their future or their present right so let me let me say it this way their past their past imprisons their present mm-hmm. and by default it it felonizes their future. Yeah. And so if you're a felon, a felon, you know, there are some rights that is taken away from you because you're a felon. Mm-hmm. So what people do, they you know hold themselves hostage or prisoner to their past, and so they automatically pull away some of the opportunities and things that still may be open to them but because they're so locked so much into their past they don't allow them themselves to you know overcome some of those things so if 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 you were talking to uh somebody you know just about you know getting getting not allowing your past to you know dictate your your future what would be some advice that you would give them you know to to help them move forward
1: uh, man the num- the number one thing is uh you you you, you, capital Y O U, are not uh, the total sum of the worst thing that you've ever done. Uh, I was a victim of my past. I allowed my past to make me feel like I wasn't worthy, that I didn't deserve, uh, and, and 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 in doing that, it 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 kind of lets you off the hook and allows you to make bad decisions and do things that you know are unbecoming of who you are and what. And so I had to learn, i never forget, I went to go apply for a job in corrections and i gun charge, weed case. And I'm like, why am I trying to get a job at the juvenile prison? They lock people up for the things that I've got in trouble. Right, for. Why right. would they give me a job? And I'll never forget on the application, uh, they asked, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I really want this job. It's three or $4 more than what I'm currently making doing the same work, child support on my head. Like this can really help get me from underneath child support. And I'm like, man, do I answer this? Like, how do I get around this? And I said, you know what? Uh, I said, I'm gonna write on here, please let me explain. And then I got me some, some lined paper and I wrote a two page letter because what I recognized was people if you let them. Oh, so when I got in trouble, it was in 1996, it was 2000, it was 2001 when I applied for this job. For me to allow you or for me to allow myself to be held to what I did in 96 and 2001, that's not good. Right. And so I wanted to explain to them who I was in 96 and what forced me or what, how I was thinking in 1996, where I was in my life, why I made those decisions, why I did what I did. But I also wanted them to see that in those four years that I had transitioned and I had grown. And here's who I am right now. And I said in the letter, I'm not going to allow you to allow what I did in 96 keep me from having or gaining this job in 2001 because I'm not the same person. And man, that no. I could be, and that I could be an asset because what I've gone through now that allows me. Now I become a teacher, if I'm wise, if I, I understand now. When we go through stuff, it ain't for us. We get so hung up when we going through it that man, poor me. Why is this happening to me? It ain't for you. It's for somebody else, or it's for your next. You just got to make sure that you go through it and you get out of it the lessons. The learnings, the teachings, the wisdom out of it, so that when you move to your next, whatever that next look like, you'll be able to manage and handle what's in front of you because of what you learn from what was behind you. Yeah. Most people tell us to forget our past. I like looking back now. I don't look back long, but right. I look long enough to look and see all of the things that I've overcome so that I can say, you know what? I'm a bad man. Right. You I'm know what? That, that's that's
0: uh that's something that i that i um that i talk about when i'm talking to different people about you know you get asked the question why do why do bad things happen to good people mm-hmm. and, and i always answer that so that good people can know that they can make it through bad things yeah. you know what i'm saying so if, if i had never been through nothing how can i you know be able to tell you confidently that yeah you're a good person and you're just going through a bad experience but you'll be okay You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we oftentimes want to look at ourselves and and compare ourselves to other people like, well, this what I'm going through should have been reserved for that person because they did this or they did that. So well, it don't work like that. You know, so you might be a good person, but if, if the only people that went through stuff was bad, bad people, then where would the good people stand? Wow. You know, and like we say, you know, you don't know what a, a, a sunny day feels like until you had some rainy days. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You don't appreciate it until you had some some stormy days, you know. So I, I definitely understand that. And, and I like what you said, you know, uh, that you put on the on the on the application. Let me explain, you know, and that man that that just kind of hit a little different to me because like just like in your case, you are not always who you were at that point in time, you know? And even if we reflect back to, you know, we talking about our, our relationships with our daughters, you yes. know, I'm sure there were some, some times in, in my life or, or any father's life, you know, dealing with, um, you know, love and, and hate with the mom. And, and there were some, some situations that we probably not too proud of, Absolutely. but we're not that same person. You know, and then to be able to, you know, go back, like I said, going back and apologize to your daughter and let her know, look, this is who I am now. That whoever that old person was, I admit that, you know, I might not have been right at that time, but that's not who I am today. Today, I'm your dad today. I'm, You know, signing up for this job so I can be a help to the same system that I was a part of. you know to the same system making the same mistakes that i made but because i made those mistakes now i'm able to come into this system and talk to these young kids who may be making the same mistakes or has made the same mistakes and be an example that you're not who you are you know what i mean or you don't have to stay who you are maybe that is who you are at this time but there are some steps that you can take and some things that you can do to become a different person. So like you said, when you're looking back four, five years from now, you can say, yeah, that's who I was. But let me explain who I am today. So I I definitely like like, what you said. We're
1: not always taught how to negotiate for ourselves. Like we know how to negotiate in the hood to get what we want. But when we get in certain atmospheres or certain Ah, uh, spirits influence. We don't always know how to navigate that and, and, and negotiate for ourselves. And all I was doing was, look, ain't nobody else gonna fight for me. I got yeah. a record. I'm a black male. I'm from the hood. I grew up without. Who who said it? Wasn't nobody in that interview with me. Wasn't nobody there. Right. Right. So I got to learn how to fight and advocate for myself. And so I had to humble myself first to say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I did that. But hold on. Let me explain. Let me tell you. Why? I'm not gonna make an excuse. I'm not gonna candy coat it, but this is why I did what I did. I'm not a bad person. Have I done some bad things? Absolutely. But what I've learned is uh just like God can separate the act from the heart, mm-hmm. man. I didn't I I look I didn't mean for none of that to happen. I was going to take care of so I had a need that I was trying to meet, and that was a way that I could meet the need. I didn't, I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want nobody to hurt me. I didn't want none of that, but I had something that I was trying to do. But what I learned was too, is you're not what you did. What you did is not who you are and you right. can't allow people to make what you did, who you are. That, that, I did that 10 minutes ago. And in 20 minutes, I could be the best respectful most. But if you hold me to what I did 10 minutes ago, I'm never going to be able to evolve and grow. And so if I don't negotiate for myself at that moment, I'm not in the space that I'm in today because that was the first time that I showed myself because sometimes you got to say it until you see it. Right, right. I have to prove it to myself. And before you can prove it to anybody else, you got to prove to yourself that you don't believe that you, you, you not who you, what you did. Because for most of us, we do imprison ourselves and we believe that we, we are the acts that we committed. No, bro, right. that was just something that you did. That's not who you are, everybody. Look, I seen a saying that said, every saint has a past and every sinner got a future. Right. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And I'm talking about that was so powerful for me because you get caught up and you look at the people who do it good and it appears that they do it right and that they, they've made the right decisions. I don't know what you did. I don't know everything that you did, but for whatever reason, mine got magnified and then you picked me apart. And so, but I'm only looking at you based on what I see. But when I find out later on in life that you was doing some of the same stuff I was doing, right. 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 So, Hey, man, I'm thankful for my struggles, man, because without them, I wouldn't know my strengths, bro. Right, man,
0: 100%. 100%. and I seen a, I seen a, uh, uh, I think it was a clip. I think it was, uh, Jay Prince and, um, it was just a short clip and he said something. And what he said was every day we're all given two things. Uh, we're given a chance, uh, <laughs> what, is the, what was the of one? Two. It was two. A chance and a choice. That was it's it. Seven. So every day we're given a chance and a choice. Yeah. So when we get up in the morning, we're given a chance to make today better than it was yesterday. Yeah. You know, to make different decisions than we did, you know, five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. Yeah. You know, so we're given that chance. And now that we have that choice, now it's up to us to make that right decision. Like, all right, I'm going to go right instead of going left yeah. to see where this right is going to take me you know, instead of going left, which I know where that's going to take me. You know what I mean?
1: But how do you do that? It's the second part of my answer to the question that you asked is when you have a why, Mm -hmm. when you truly find a why and your why could be a multitude of things. It could be Nana. It could be your daughters. It could be the promise that you made to your mama. It could be your girlfriend, your wife. It could be uh, your college degree, like I'm like it could be whatever it is that motivates you and get when you find a why, who, what, when, where, and how don't even matter because you know why, right? Right? When I found my why, oh man, none of that other stuff matters. I, look, yeah, my stomach hurt, but I know why, so I gotta <laughs> get up and do what I gotta do. Yeah, I ain't got no money in the bank account, ain't no gas in the car, but I know why, so I gotta get up and I gotta walk to work. When you got a why and it's a real why, like it ain't no fluffy why, it ain't no because it sound good why. When it's a real why, and you done sat and cried about it and you done sacrificed and you done missed some meals and you done had some heartache and some pain, that that type of a why. Right. Oh uh, No, it's going to get done because you know why at the end right. of the day.
0: And I know uh, the, the way that I, I explain it is I always ask, what's your RFR? which mm. is your reason for rising. So mm. what is the reason you get up every morning? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What, what's, what is that why? You know what yeah. I mean? What is that reason that keep you pushing? And as long as you keep that at the forefront of your mind, like you said, it, it could be your mom, could be your grandmom, could be a promise that you made to yourself that mm. you're going to be better today than you was yesterday. So when you get up, you keep that at the forefront of front of your mind. OK, what's my reason for rising? This is the reason why I'm getting up today, because I want to do something that's going to make me better than I was yesterday. And you keep that why in front of you and you press forward. And before you know it, you are so far from who you used to be, but so closer to who to where you want to be. Absolutely. Man, And, and man. Man, we can go here all day. We already been on here almost an hour, right? <laughs> but man, I want to say again, thank you, man. Thank you so very much for, for you know being on here and sharing your story with us. Definitely, you know, sharing your uh your love for your daughters, because that's that's a conversation I never get tired of having, right. you know, the conversations with the with the girl dad. So again, I, I thank you and I appreciate you for just being on here, man.
1: Now, thank you, man. And I, I this is and all the podcasts that I've done, this this is probably the first one where I've gotten to talk about them in depth uh, or at length. And right, so I right. can't wait to get the episode. Uh, and I would I would love to at some point it would be nice to have them on, like right, get them on, and you can have your daughter on, and I can have my daughters on, and we could just have a powwow and just really you know. Uh, I don't want to say scripted, but have those questions to get to where our listeners, because I think I had a conversation with some high school kids, man, about five years ago. And I don't I, I'm a temperature. I check the temperature everywhere I go. Uh, and I'm, I'm subbing for one of my friends. And I'm like, man, why is this? I'm hearing this echo. of mean, you need to have a conversation about your dad not being in your life. I share my story about my dad not being there and I I share uh, to my mothers out there. If the dad is a piece of you know what, it's not your job to impose how you feel about that man on your kids. Right, right. Say that again, it's not your job as the mom to impose how you feel because of the breakup or whatever, he cheated, whatever happened. It's not your job to impose how you feel about him on that child if he a piece of you know what that child in time will find out on their own organically and you let that happen because what tends to happen we've been talking about um who i was in 96 that's not who i am in 2001 and so for a lot of fathers who try to come back if you've been telling this child for the last 10 15 years that they daddy ain't nothing he don't love them he ain't this, he ain't that, he ain't never tried to, when he tried to come back, that kid gonna stop him in his tracks. And a father, a man is only gonna put up with so much disrespect coming from something that he know, Do you mind, but you're not gonna be talking back to me, you're not gonna be talking to me like I'm not your father. But that's what ends up happening in those relationships, man. And it's bad, and it make bad with the kids, because I told him the, the, before the kids start crying, Because I said, what's going to end up happening is you're going to allow your anger and hate to allow you to miss out on a key and an answer to to something that only your father can answer. Right. I used to wonder how I tick and how I talk. It wasn't until I got with, once we settled our differences and we was able to talk through why he wasn't there and I was able to share with him that it hurt me him not being there but I figured out, and I'm listening to his story, and I'm like, "Oh man, you kind of got the same stuff. You feel it. But if we don't get him an opportunity to come back, and like you say, if I don't get you, give you the opportunity to come back and explain, come on, man, how can I? Because I know I stayed up plenty of nights as a child wondering, like, why did I do that? And it wasn't like that wasn't my mama DNA. That was my daddy. Right, DNA. right. Let me do that. But if right. I don't got him to talk to and I can't talk to my grandfather who raised him, like that's where the keys and the answers at. And so we got to allow those. Rela- Look, I told him, you don't got to have a father-daughter or a father-son relationship. I started off with my dad. When my dad got out of prison, we started being friends. I said, man, we need to be friends first before you go to trying to tell me what to do and try to come in and be a dad again <laughs> Because I'm grown now and I got kids. Right, right. There. And so we would one day for an hour, we would listen to music. We would get something to drink and we would listen to old 45s and 33s. And we would listen because I I love music, but I got it from my dad. And I know that. And that's how we built and we built it back up to now we father and son and we can we can be around each other and we can talk. But I had to get to a place and humble myself to let him allow him to come back in. Because if I would listen to all of the stuff that my mama pumped into me. I found out on my own after six, seven Christmases, falling asleep in my coat that he wasn't coming. My mama said he wasn't coming. I'm like, yes, he is. And then he didn't come. I learned on my own the hard way that he's not right, coming. Right. And so right. that's that's a that's a while it was hurtful, and I know I know that it hurt the moms to see their kids go through that, but you let that happen organically. Don't do that. Because right. some of these dads, like at the end of the day, we said it, both of us have said it multiple times, man. You, you can only do what you know or what you was taught. And most of them wasn't fathered. And so what do you do when you don't know what to do? You either fight or you run. And for most of us, I'm gonna tell you this and and then we can sign off. Most of us, and I know that I've had those thoughts in my head, some of us because of what we can't provide because we've said in our heads, laying down on our backs, looking up at the ceiling, my kids will never go through what I went through as a child. And when we don't feel like we're adequate or we have those things that we can provide for our kids in that way. We feel like they better off without us being there. Mm. We feel like we they better off without us being there, man. And that's where the absence come from. Is because we've told ourselves that you know what? Because I can't get them the Jordans, I can't put them in a house, I can't. I don't got a car that they better off without me being there. And that's the most. Hurtful thing that you could ever do to a child,
0: right? And 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 you know, I think a, a lot of that comes um, with us sometimes as adults um, growing up and mis, misplacing that the importance of that presence over presence, you know. And a lot of times because of uh, you know a, a father who may have grown up without his father, he can't identify with the presence of a father cuz he never had that. But he did get gifts every now and then, right. you know what I mean? So he equates it to that, well let me give these gifts because he don't know what the presence is like. So he don't know that that presence is more important than those presents. You know what I'm saying? And so that's man, we'll be on here forever talking about <laughs> this. But uh man, that just means we gotta do another, we gotta do another episode. I'm so, ready, man, bro. Again, I, I thank you. I thank you, man. I know that the time is spent, but uh just again, I want to thank you for, for being on here. You could have been doing anything else, but you took out the time to, to spend it with me and my listeners, and, and I definitely appreciate you for that. Man,
1: thank you for having me, bro.
0: All right, no problem, no problem. Again, this is Ernest James, this is the Deal to, Heal, uh, Pod, Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I want to thank you guys for tuning, tuning in. Thank you guys for listening to us. And until next time, we'll see you next week. Hey, guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866 326 0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. Alright, see you in a minute. Thanks for tuning in to Deal to Heal with E. James. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. Today's episode was sponsored by Deal to Heal Tease. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Go to deal Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problems, hear from the pain, and fulfill your purpose.
1: Thanks for listening.